Welcome to the Space Between podcast. I am William. And I'm Katie. And in this podcast, we talk about the complexities of life, faith in the 21st century, and everything in between. Often, that space between is where a lot of us find ourselves. We hope to provide a place where people can be honest and we can engage with one another with compassion wherever we may end up on our journey. Okay, so for those of you who have listened to the podcast for a while, probably realise that Katie's not been here in a bit, so... I know, you just picked in all these interviews and just forgot about me. I didn't forget about you. It's alright, I'm... You just were always too tired to be bothered <laughs> recording. No, that's lies. When an interview can get messy if there's too many, you Voices. know, if it's not when it's so structured in the way that we have it so it's good to be back i know you've all missed me i know on your accent (laughs) (laughs) bringing the balance to william's life um but yeah literally so katie why don't you tell everyone a little bit about what we're gonna talk about today Mm -hmm. so today we're going to talk about um, a week that we spent on a small little scottish island called iona we spent the week with the Iona community. We'll get into the nitty gritty about the community, what they stand for and what they're doing. Um, but basically, Iona is this really small island. I think there's, what, like 160 islanders live there mm-hmm. yeah. all year round. It's just off. It's the west coast of Scotland. But a thousand odd years ago and more, um, St. Columba, as we know him now, he came from Donegal in Ireland. And he washed up on those shores and kind of founded a, a monastery and a community, a religious community. But um, from his time and him kind of spreading Christianity throughout Scotland and lots of other parts of Britain, um, it's always been, that island's always been a place of, I suppose, pilgrimage. But in the 1930s, the you know, the ruins of the abbey are there and it's really just history and kind of storytelling I suppose around it but uh, a guy a Church of Scotland minister called George McLeod he got a group of unemployed tradesmen from here in Glasgow um, and some ministers in training and they all went to the island dedicated to rebuilding the abbey but it was around these kind of principles of community and bridging that gap between the church and the local communities the poor the struggling all of that and being committed to justice and peace and and really taking a stand in that way letting faith inspire you to stand for those things so the community is a really worldwide community now would you say like there's members from everywhere while you know it's obviously based has its base here in Scotland but it's not limited to that and it's such an inclusive community as well um, it doesn't matter what type of Christian you, you want to call yourself or if you even call yourself a Christian. It's all about just bringing people together, people that you never would have thought you could meet or chat to. And we'll probably talk about that that later on. But just coming together and being dedicated around some of these like main principles of peace and justice, inclusivity and hospitality, community, all the good stuff that kind of just makes your heart go a wee bit and... Mm-hmm. You're like, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So good. we have become associate members in the last year with the Iona community. So obviously with COVID, churches haven't really been open. Everything's been online. Um, being honest, both of us have struggled with online church and engaging with it and finding it in any way fruitful or beneficial to our faith when really we were craving this community that had the same passions and concerns. So we'd actually heard of the community just before COVID. We were away on a a short break down to um, the south of Scotland and we were in this little town called Wigton which has some of the largest secondhand bookshops in Scotland if not the UK but um, we found this little book there called Waymarks by Peter Miller and you might remember one of the prayers or meditations that we used from that book I think it's in episode four where we talk about woman and church the blessed is she prayer but that that's from that book waymarks and it was written by peter miller who was the former warden at iona abbey and he's part of the iona community as well so we read that and just connected with the language instantly but then obviously covid happened we're in lockdown and from there we kind of forgot about it until I started back at university last September 
And while I was at university, I ended up in a meeting between the university and the community and found out a little bit more about it. You and I connected instantly with their values, their concerns, um, and what they aim to achieve, which is uh, it's promoting peace and justice through and in community, which I absolutely love. So we discovered that, connected straight away, and then from there, one thing led to another, and we ended up on Iona, mm-hmm. <laughs> the island, and uh, staying in the abbey for the reopening. Um, they just had a massive refurbishment to the living quarters of the abbey, so uh, they'd raised over three and a half million pounds to have it renovated, make it more accessible for those who are differently abled. Um, and yeah, it was amazing, amazing experience to be there. So I think it'd be a good thing maybe to start off with for us would be to talk about what you were expecting going into it, maybe. Like we got up at. It would have been half four in the morning on the Saturday no, because the only... <laughs> it was definitely earlier than that. Did we not leave We it left at, at half, we four. Left at half yeah, four. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because the only ferry that we could book from Oban with the car was at like 7am and it's a two and a half hour drive from Glasgow. So we did that two and a half hour drive. So on the way up, we were talking a wee bit about what you were expecting from it. So Katie, what were you expecting from the the week away? Yeah, I think, um, as you said, it's been a difficult year, hasn't it, with church and, but also um, just the global scene of what's going on. I think a lot around Christianity, you've just seen like a rise of, you know, nationalism in a way that, you know, both of us have kind of been shocked and horrified at a lot of the times and thinking, how on earth do we fit into this? thing that we're meant to be a part of that we are meant to connect with when it just seems that everything is going in such a a direction that doesn't feel anything like what we connect with who Mm. when we read scripture or anything to do with Jesus it it just seems the opposite and so I think I was struggling to feel and there's been times like through the last year I've literally been banging my head off the table (laughs) like having this kind of crisis of faith that I've never had because I was just really struggling and I I know for me before I moved to Scotland I had a great community of friends and like-minded people and you know we set up missional communities we we did all this kind of radical if you want to call it that like kind of against the grain stuff where it's not conventional church and it's being really you know dedicated to kind of like social justice and all and seeing that actually our faith inspires us to do that it's not that they're different Mm -hmm. um and so I've really struggled I guess then feeling connected to faith and Christianity and what the church is meant to be because I just don't feel like I belong because it's been like you know the biggest voices in it have Mm -hmm. been completely opposite so I think for me it was really getting this week to hopefully find those like-minded people again and while we had become members last year as you said COVID and everything meant that we hadn't really got to connect as much as you would have normally Mm -hmm. and so I guess I was just really longing to be brought back to why I ever thought that Jesus was kind of (laughs) cool back when I was like a, a teenager um and just being like your hope restored or something in mm. in other people as well. Yeah. And just feeling like, yeah, <laughs> it's not like a, a Christianity should not be about power and us being, you know, exalted above everything else, but actually people just being inspired to like be in community and do the nitty gritty stuff of of seeing justice and peace and and that being the focus rather than anything I can gain or anything that I can be elevated in if that makes sense so I just Mm. really needed that to come back to that that it's not just all let's do a really cool instagrammable church service and (laughs) spend all our money on like cool decor while there's people out on the streets without any food who've who are struggling you know so I really needed to come back to something I felt I connected with it originally and why I ever became someone who had faith yeah yeah I think that for me I was 
I don't know if I was expecting it. I was just hopeful that I would have a new type of experience with God that was different because I think that I became so disillusioned with like the contemporary often contemporary styles of worship that focus so much on manipulating emotions to generate an experience rather than actually just allowing for genuine experiences to happen through the power of words of messages uh, without using music or other sound or lighting techniques to make you feel a certain way so I think coming to a really simplistic place of just being in nature surrounded by the sea on this tiny island with these beautiful beaches and walking over the hills where there's not really many people or houses or um and and feeling like you're on the edge of the world and then being in this abbey that feels very ancient and historic even though it's only in the last century century and a half that it's been renovated and rebuilt you can feel its connectedness it, it like it's described sometimes and this is a phrase that's used within some forms of Celtic Christianity is a, a thin place where mm. the barrier between the material and the immaterial is thinner than in other places and you could definitely sense that but I was just hoping that I would have this new experience with God which I definitely felt that I did and there were many times throughout the week that during the services and the liturgies that I felt very emotional and moved to tears and it wasn't because of fancy music, it wasn't because of big sound systems, it wasn't because of anything uh, external, but rather a real significant shift on the inside for me, like mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and have just felt so renewed after it. Yeah, and I think what you said there too about, um, you mentioned the whole idea of thin places being in Celtic Christianity. Celtic Christianity is something that I've always been fascinated with and it's not just because we're from a Celtic we're both from Celtic nations I think there is something really profound and beautiful about Celtic Christianity and like how they chose to establish themselves so like these monasteries back in back in the day creating these thin places where it wasn't this kind of you know out of body experience when we talk about thin places and the way maybe contemporary services might try to do and getting that emotional kind of high and whatnot those thin places were literally where heaven was to meet earth and so when we look at the kingdom of god that what does that look like it is that that people are raised up that it's all humanity it's not just these this small exclusive group and so on it's you know the sick being healed and those being cared for the widow the orphan being cared for all of that and so that's I've always been fascinated by that this you know all these stories of these kind of people live in this monastic lifestyle of Hmm. where they just cared for where they lived apart sometimes from the communities they cared for the communities in and around them and they showed like so much hospitality and for me that's if I am to be a Christian that is what I want part of you know my life to be marked by the hospitality that I show others regardless of who they are their background their creed all of that yeah and so it's even that I was excited about to come back to that because that's something that as when I was still back in Ireland I like read loads about talked loads about but haven't really since moving to Scotland so I was like oh yeah was I even like excited about those elements that we probably wouldn't get always here in Glasgow yeah exactly well I think now would maybe be a good time to do our first sort of prayer or because throughout this episode we want to include parts of liturgies or prayers so this first one I think actually will be one that I wrote at the end of the week because it was for the next person that would be staying in the 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 dorm room that we had so we were able to write in this little book that would give a message for the next people so it felt more appropriate for arriving so I thought that would be a good place to start since we're talking about our expectations going to the island. The sounds of your journey may have been different. Car, train, bus, ferry. The sound of travel announcements in new places. The sound of rubber on road. 
the sound of sea and waves. But now you're here, so may you have ears to hear. The sound of many bird songs like a choir of creation. The sound you hear in the distance is not traffic, but the crashing of waves on rock. If you listen long enough, you will hear the melody of justice and peace grow ever louder. The harmonies of prayer and action follow soon after. And maybe if you listen long and closely enough, then in the moments it seems silent, then you will hear the voice of God. So just for a bit of context then, uh, what did each day look like while we we're on Iona? Just so people have an idea of what we were actually doing when we were there. So what would an average day look like? Well, we obviously ate together. You know, we had all of our meals together. So breakfast was at the same time every morning. I am not a breakfast person. It is my least favorite meal. I do not eat breakfast often, but I ate my breakfast every day during this week. <laughs> um but do you want to know it was so lovely that you woke up and that was your routine I got up and we sat we had food together we talked about whatever was on your minds with different people every morning and then we went to the abbey and took part in a worship service but the worship was very liturgical in style which you know while I was I was baptized in the church of Ireland as a child which is very liturgical it's Anglican but like it it's a very foreign concept to me because I wasn't brought up in the church then but yeah it was so beautiful it's like a stillness and the words are so powerful and poetic and Mm. you can connect and reflect on so many things so we would have done that every morning and usually there was something to be at wasn't there sometimes when I look back I'm like we never really had a moment to to chill (laughs) out so we usually would have went for a walk around the island and you got to speak to some locals or um, some of the like the staff or members of the community or sometimes we would have had an activity on we one day we did this kind of mini pilgrimage around the Ireland Ireland <laughs> not Ireland the island, island. <laughs> <laughs> um, where we got to go on this lovely walk through the hills um, and stop and reflect and ponder read poetry um, sing a song at different points have a prayer have meditation. a prayer meditation yeah it was so lovely um one of the days obviously was the reopening so that was i all go um we yeah. had a royal visitor as well so Her royal highness yeah, princess anne princess anne was there um yeah so it was great and obviously then you had your lunch and you had dinner with everyone as well and um, you just got time to just be that is the only way I can really describe it you just got to be be with people be with your own thoughts and you know just have time to be still and then in the evenings um, there was a worship service again and you were always roped into something um, whether it was <laughs> whether it was a reading yeah. or whatever it is William got to light the candles in the abbey loads I don't know why they felt like yeah we're gonna pick on William to do this like a couple of times I was like <laughs> I could just see this going completely wrong the whole place going up in smoke but <laughs> oh thanks for your confidence and my <laughs> candle lighting ability yeah. um but yeah it was just so it, just, it never felt like we ran out of things to do no and yet we were so like relaxed and at peace um, I think for me the best thing about it was that there was this perfect balance of doing but then just having that time to literally just sit with people get to know them these yeah. people that we never would have met um, and we kind of laugh still about some of the people we got to meet because we're like would you have imagined we would have been talking to them about whatever it was you know yeah and so much of the community is about that. It's about bringing people together from so many different backgrounds and perspectives that maybe wouldn't have came across each other's paths otherwise. I think one thing worth noting as well is that usually in non-COVID times, the a, a big part of why you would go to the island is about sharing in common life and, and shared life together. So you would all participate in having the meals together and taking your turn at 
preparing the meals and cleaning the mm. dishes and cleaning the toilets and doing all of that together because it was about participating in this common experience and common life and finding the holy and the sacred and the everyday things and that you have this core group of volunteers who are there for a good few months and then you have people different people that come every week who just kind of slot into this rhythm of life this almost monastic practice because that's that's really what is is based around is the um rules of saint benedict and um following a daily pattern of prayer common life of daily scripture reading things like that so I think that's important to note because with COVID restrictions, it meant that all the staff and volunteers counted as one household and so they could be in and doing all the dishes and the preparing, mm. but because we couldn't mix in the same way as usual. Yeah, so, so COVID meant we got out of the chores. And another thing to note too, as you were saying, usually obviously we help with the meals and stuff. The community really se- seeks to be sustainable as well. So it's you know we only eat veggie meals for example except for on sunday um neither of us are vegetarian so actually we really love that and you know the produce that they would have used would have you know either been grown by the community or it's all sourced sustainably and stuff so it was all those wee things that were that just made it really lovely um and i would love to go back and non-covid times and be part of all the chores and the prep and the cleaning up and everything and hopefully we will get to go back someday yeah yeah i hope so so now we'll maybe give you an example of what some of that daily liturgy and prayer felt like and just some of the wording around it that we got to partake in each day we believe that god is present in the darkness before dawn, in the waiting and uncertainty, where fear and courage join hands, conflict and caring link arms, and the sun rises over barbed wire. We believe in a with us God, who sits down in our midst to share our humanity. We affirm a faith that takes us beyond the safe place, into action, into vulnerability, and into the streets. We commit ourselves to work for change and put ourselves on the line to bear responsibility, take risks, live powerfully and face humiliation. To stand with those on the edge, to choose life and be used by the Spirit for God's new community of hope. Amen. So, um... That is that last one that we read is from the worship book that that the Abbey use, and that's just the type of language that is is used every day in in the worship services, and that's literally only a small snippet, but it kind of helps to capture, as William said, why I got a wee bit emotional every now and again, mm-hmm. <laughs> just sitting. Um, and what was really lovely about the services is that you know every night there was kind of a different theme for them so there was like a welcome service for the first one but one of the nights was a service for justice and peace and um that week when we were there that was all about marriage equality um lgbtq plus uh rights in general all of that and you know when would you ever come across um a service like that Uh, and william has this really cool photo of the altar of this big old abbey um you know this big marble altar thing um just covered in cardboard that's been painted with all these different phrases and support and love for a community that is often excluded by the church as a whole but yet you're part of this movement of of people worldwide that um, it's not just young people. Me and William were like the youngest there, or maybe a couple of the student volunteers who were there for the summer. You know, there's people in that community who've been part of it for 60 years plus, and they are as passionate about that inclusion. And so that was so refreshing because sometimes these are some of the issues that me and you get kind of frustrated about. Obviously, that's just one issue, but like even about, you know, war and conflict and reconciliation all these things there's actually 
you know, generations mm. of people that are part of this community that have always been, you know, fighting those fights and, and using their voice and using their privilege, whatever it is, to to draw alongside people. Um, and so that was really, really lovely. I don't know what your thoughts were on it, but it just kind of took me back a bit, which, you know, it shouldn't have. Yeah, yeah, but, that was- um, I think for a lot of the, the different services, like it was just so good to see the variety in it and to see the words that were being said actually related to your experience. I know that, and this is just speaking from my experience, I know it's not the case with everyone, but from my experiences when I was part of evangelical churches and more non-denominational churches was that the actual words and songs or the words that were being preached you just couldn't relate to it felt like it was disconnected from reality it was all about like three steps to success or how to pray and it never really said anything of actual significance for your daily life and your daily walk with God or it would be these sort of triumphal songs that would just declare that everything's great and everything's awesome and I don't need to worry about anything because Jesus and that's it where that's not reality for a lot of people where these recognize the difficulty and the pain and the brokenness that exists in the world and then really inspires you to do something about it not to just leave you in that pain but to go I'm going to act like there's a a song that's Christ has no body now but yours and like I'm going to act as Christ's body in the world and I loved that about the the liturgies that it made you really feel like going out um to be God's love in the world really and I think that was something that someone said quite early on during our trip was that you don't come to Iona you come through Iona that you don't come to it because you just need a break and to get away and in a sense it is it was like a spiritual retreat for us but you go through it in the sense that it changes you and you Mm. you come out the other side of it ready to go and you take it with you into your everyday life so on that note then for you can you tell me one thing that you maybe learnt either about yourself about God anything or even just something random that was interesting to you um and then one thing that really impacted you whether that was like an experience or a relationship that was made or like friendship or um something like that Mm. I think the thing um that I learned I don't know if this is what you were thinking um the type of answer but as we said we got to speak with people from lots of different backgrounds walks of life people who have like achieved all this like all these amazing things yet we just would sit and have a drink together um and yet every single person just recognizes the like beautiful humanity in one another and it's not about I'm this I'm that therefore you should you know be this way around me it was just you could see that um in all of those members who have been part of this community that is so central to to how they view the world how they perceive things through like their faith kind of perspective as well and um for me not that I learned something new it was that I could see something that often I don't see Hmm. when it comes to people who practice faith, who don the title of Christian. And it it was just so beautiful. And that's like what moved me to tears. Like we had a joke about, you know, we like kind of went for a drink with a few people and the wee small local local on this wee small island. And you're sitting with somebody who has like fought the fight for like women's rights and equality and has published this and that and also a really well-known minister around the world and they're just like topping up your wine glass and telling you funny stories and listening to your story and um about dogs I think we sat and talked about dogs for like two hours because you were missing Louis yeah I was missing our dog but um it was just that thing of like titles and and all of that 
don't need to ex- exist it, it there's something so wonderful when you just come back to that simple thing of god created and saw that it was good like you know people are wonderful and there is no need for us to create boxes and exclude and create conflict um or think of ourselves above others but there's just this thing of just grab a a seat beside somebody it's as simple as that Mm. like hospitality has such an impact um, and I know for us that's something that we want to commit ourselves to in, in life and we've said that early on that our home will always be somewhere that people can come because you know and I don't think you have to have faith to be that type of person at mm-hmm. all so obviously I feel like our faith pushes us to you know keep that central to us um, but it was just this thing of like how beautiful it is just to share in each other's humanity, you know. Yeah. Um, and that like moved me and got got me emotional at times because it's it's as simple as that. And I do work in the charity se- sector, working with really vulnerable people who, um, their rights are often stripped of them and they aren't treated with as humans. They're treated as commodities at times and you know it just the week just reminded me again that every human has value worth and dignity Mm. and it is so simple and so easy to show that to one another yeah it just reminded me of that again I don't think I necessarily in my own you know forefront of my mind felt I needed to be reminded of that but I did it was so good to to see it you know and yeah in action even if it is you know talking about dogs over a glass of wine <laughs> but you know what I mean it was that you know no exclusion here everyone is one of the same um so yeah that was I suppose that was like answering both yeah I think so both. that maybe be a good one to do another quick prayer So this prayer is from one of the evening services and it is for a service of quiet. So I want to be able to give this as an opportunity for you to participate in this as a prayer or meditation. So after the prayer, there will be two minutes of silence. So if you want to participate, then just engage with this prayer as it begins. If you are not looking to participate, then feel free to just skip ahead two minutes after the prayer and you'll be back into our discussion. During this time, we turn from sound and action to silence and stillness. Many of us live active and busy lives and our minds and hearts reflect that busyness. In this moment, we take the opportunity to be still together rather than focusing on God as beyond or above us we turn our attention to God who dwells within each of us spending time with God in quiet is not an escape from the troubles of the world for the God we encounter is also at the heart of the world's life and struggles so now as we move into silence let us ensure we are sitting comfortably our backs upright and supported, we may wish to close our eyes, uncross our legs and breathe normally as we become quietly aware to God's presence.
Well, for me, something that was like impacting and a really important experience was actually the pilgrimage because I'd never done anything like that. It was a walk, which I always find to be a quite a spiritual experience, especially in the Scottish Highlands, but just because it's so beautiful, you're really left with that sense of awe at creation in general. And I think even if we'd just done the walk, I would have still felt that sense of awe and and closeness to God, really. But there was something different about um, singing along the way, praying along the way. At one point, we stopped at a water reservoir, um, a little lake, that, and we prayed and meditated on those who lack water, like clean drinking water, and how difficult it would be to walk miles each day like the distance that we had at that point to just get water and whether that would even be enough to be able to wash or to cook a meal or anything like that so things like that were really impacting but there were two points within the pilgrimage that I I found really important one of them was standing at Columbus Bay and at Columbus Bay there's lots of different rocks and our pilgrimage guide they talked us through like what each of the rocks was and where they came from, how they were formed, their significance in the past. Some of them had been believed to have different um, mystical powers. So things like the Iona marble was often believed to be good to take with you to stay safe on a journey at sea or for safe childbirth. And there was other ones like the mull granite as well. So you were to, to pick up a stone and it was to represent something that you wanted to let go of or leave behind and to throw it into the sea and then turn around without looking back and pick up another stone that was to represent something new that you wanted to take forward or take with you as you left the island so that one was really significant for me it felt very moving and powerful and yeah and and didn't go into the week expecting to be moved by rocks but <laughs> you brought like a hundred home as well <laughs> uh, no it wasn't quite a hundred maybe like a dozen yeah but... there's a whole little stack in the study now <laughs> yeah exactly um they all represent different things so it's good and then the other one was when we got to the uh, what was called the hermit cell which was just this place that was on top of a hill on Iona and it was sheltered so you had hills all around it and it was just this little circle of rocks that mm, it would have been a sheep pen or something like that but it, there was legends or myths of a hermit living there and uh, a monk going to stay there to pray um, and just spend time in solitude with God and it was just in that stillness that quiet that I really felt God near and didn't really want to move on from there when we got there even though we were so close to the abbey I just really enjoyed being there and the sense of serenity really being there so that was there were some really impacting experiences for me um as well as just the services throughout like they were every day and at first I was worried that it would feel too intense especially after not really being in church with COVID and stuff for a long time and not being used to uh, liturgical style but uh, it was really beneficial to have that rhythm. Mm. So now that we have came back from Iona, we've been back for about three weeks now. Is it three weeks? Yeah. Wow. It went fast. <laughs> um, what does involvement in the Iona community look like? And what are you hoping to um, gain from it and participate in? going forward so some of the things that we are a part of within the community is one family group so basically if you are like a member an associate member and so on you can be a part of family groups which are basically people here in your geographical kind of area that you meet what is it like once a month it's not yeah yeah, yeah it's, a, it's around once a month where just really honestly it can feel like a motley crew at times because just everybody's so random and you're like I never would be in a Zoom call with these people normally, but it's great because you get get to talk about, you know, what's happening in the world, what can we do to, you know, help with certain issues or causes, just kind of encouraging each other and, you know, 
inspiring each other on in that way me and you are also part of um common concern networks which is a big thing um that the community do there's there's a few different groups some of them are based around like poverty and inequality and there's stuff to do with the environment and disarmament and and lots of things like that and so that's another thing that you can be a part of where you're basically again lots of people together trying to see what can we put our voice to to help with that issue what can we do practically and then literally going and doing it I think that's the thing that all of the things that we're a part of while we like talk it out and encourage each other and bring ideas the whole point is not to leave it at just talk it is to put it into action Mm -hmm. to actually move people to do something so those are some of the things that we are part of um currently William does a lot more like through the uni and stuff but those are a wee bit of the practical things that that you can be a part of yeah that's just some of the ways that like you would probably get involved with the community like the family group is a mixture of members and then associate members so associate members get to participate in all of this and like roughly follow the rules of of the community which isn't rules in the sense of following like a strict commandment but this is just going this is our daily commitment to pursuing peace and justice in the world through community whereas the members actually sign up to live by those rules and so they will usually hold each other to account on whether they're doing those things so stuff like are you buying um food sustainably or are you um purchasing clothing from companies that maybe support slave labor or things like that where you're like how is where you're actually putting your money impacting the world in real ways and impacting the causes that we're all passionate about as just one example but then also like in the last family group meeting we were at we discussed how we could be accountable in our carbon emissions so stuff like are we reducing our um short haul flights are we eating less red meat are we um using less single-use plastic and things like that so it's not just accountability about one area but about all these areas of commitments to peace and justice and seeing that we're actually doing it and i think the thing is that it's just not about going if you've not fulfilled that that oh you've done terribly and not lived up to (laughs) to it but actually just encouraging each other and and being able to be vulnerable in that place and figuring out why you've not been able to whether that's just a cloudiness with a mixture of different commitments or if you're not putting enough time aside to actually focus on those really important things if the worries of life will overtake you in that sense Mm -hmm. so I think I find that to actually be really good and I think when I first heard of it in the community it made me feel cautious just because of my experiences with churches and money Mm. in the past um but actually the more that we've got into it like it's just been so transparent Mm. it's just been so open and all of it's been for really amazing amazing causes and reasons and um yeah i'm just so so impressed really so far and i find that it impacts like our small decisions as well where we think about you know even um, our wedding that's coming up um we could go and splurge thousands upon thousands on things that don't really matter in the long run but actually we've been thinking about well is there like a small business that we can buy from mm-hmm. where we know that it's not just mass produced and yep whatever the waste side of that looks like and so on it's you know and it's even like my wedding dress like finding somewhere that it's sustainable fabric as well Mm -hmm. and it you know it's supporting like a women you know just all women's team like a small team it's all those wee small things that you don't actually think feed into like a bigger picture of just you know bringing out the best in in the world I suppose um and trying to as you said reduce the negative impact that we can so often have Mm. whether it's in our interaction with others or how we're choosing to channel our time our effort our money um yeah it's all positive rather than feeling like we're just being drained of life (laughs) from like this thing that we just don't even 
see where it's going yeah exactly and I, I just think that from being away from being involved with some of the connection with Glasgow University and the Iona community like I just know so so many people who are in a place where they feel like they're adrift or like floating at sea and uh, away from the church if you imagine the church being like a ship or something at sea that they've somehow went overboard and are just Mm -hmm. drifting and uh, really just desiring some solid ground uh, and a place to find rest really and for me that's what the Iona community has felt like it's felt like coming ashore like just washing up Mm. on on the shores um I said like at the Abbey too um with someone who's been part of it for years that it just felt like you could breathe again yeah you could just it was like a sigh of uh, Mm -hmm. of contentment again after maybe a lot of ups and downs and shakiness with things yeah so I, I just think that I would love it if people who are in that place who are really looking for something that they connect with would listen to this and then maybe go, that's something that I would love to find out more about and then go and at least look into it, like see if it's something that you would find beneficial because you maybe actually feel like that it gives you that sigh of relief, that weight off of your shoulders, that feeling of finding your people that you connect with that speak the same language not uh, not in the sense of you all agree on everything create like <laughs> with what you believe yeah. or um that you all doctrine doctrinally believe the same thing or whatever but rather that you go we are committed to that greatest commandment to love god and to love pe- people <laughs> and me really keeping it as simple as that and that you work together in community for that so if you are interested in it i will put links in the show notes for that um so you can find out more but have you got anything else you want to say on that are you no. do you feel like you've covered it yeah. is there anything that you've reflected on the last few weeks that um now that we've been away from that island a little bit more that you go actually this is something that's changed in my day-to-day life because of the experience yeah I just feel that again as I said I felt that sigh of relief again Mm. so I feel like I'm I'm back to myself and how I have always viewed the world I suppose um I feel like I grew really cynical and cold and not in a not that I ever stopped believing in anything, but I just felt like I'd lost a wee piece of me and the whole chaos of what was happening in mm. the world. So I think I'm just a wee bit more at peace again, which is great. So just as you said, if if you are feeling like you've lost community, you don't know where to fit in, there is a place in the Iona, Iona community. And I'm sure there's other communities like the Iona yeah. community as well. It's like Mila and others like yeah. that. Yeah. But not just even here in the UK, further afield, I'm sure of. So just as an encouragement to anybody listening, you know, there is all there is a place for you to belong. Um, And sadly, (laughs) it's been chaotic over the last couple of years. And I'm sure there's been lots of things in your journey, but there are people that you can connect with and feel like you belong. So I would encourage you to. Yeah. To look into it. Yeah. Also, the Iona community is not just in the the UK. Like the you can connect with it. I think just now it's just in Europe and then North America, but there there is that option to connect to a community. Although they are still growing, so um, you can look into it that way. But I think for me, it's, it's similar. Like I feel like that heaviness and cynicism that was there before has definitely lessened i don't know if it's gone completely but it's that's just your natural disposition though you're always a wee bit cynical a skeptic yeah yeah Yeah, well i think that was a a really good part of the experience for me was actually just going casting aside my skeptic hat for a bit and just going okay i'm just gonna see what happens and i'm really glad i did because i feel so much lighter and in the way that i carry my faith and it's all very healthy and positive 
and I'm sure you'll hear more about it as time progresses as we do more podcasts as we discuss things and bring in more of our experiences going forward because I'm sure that won't be our only trip there and it won't be our only experiences in the community so we will keep you updated as time goes on but thanks again for listening today to the Space Between podcast I hope you've enjoyed having Katie back this week we'll make sure it's not as long a break <laughs> as long a break from hearing her lovely Northern Irish Northern Irish uh, Northern. accent <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah thanks again guys bye